0: Which, by the way, uh, is ChatGPT going to sing for us now?
1: Everybody, you're listening to God Spice with Greg and Kathy.
0: I think we are going to kick off something fun today. Mm-hmm. But before that, welcome to another fun episode of God Spice. Spice. Woo. And we haven't done this, I think,
1: in a month. It has been a little while. It's yes. been a while
0: because we've been on a drinking hiatus.
1: Mm, we have been
0: we've curbed it we've only left it for special occasions
1: yes yes that is true
0: but for those of you who were a part of this many episodes ago Mm.
1: but i feel like every day is a special occasion you you. like
0: to you like to claim that every day (laughs) is a special occasion
1: (laughs) well because it is
0: oh the gregory always has a reason to celebrate well no
1: because i cherish our relationship
0: you do now. Mm-hmm. Mm. I always have. Well, we're going to dive into that today.
1: Oh, are we? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I have some questions for you. Whoa, I hope they're good questions. They're, I hope I answer them they correctly. They are very deep. Oh, I like deep. You
0: know how I do uh, CMO deep thoughts? Mm,
1: no, not really. On Instagram? But, oh, yes, yes, yes. How yes, dare yes. you not know this? I'm just joking. Um, of course I know that.
0: We're going to do relationship deep thoughts.
1: Oh, deep thoughts about relationships.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's gonna maybe have an SNL, you know, vibe to it, but still.
1: I love SNM.
0: No, not SNM, SNL.
1: Oh. (laughs) Is that the sort of the same thing? What's the L stand for?
0: It's Saturday Night Live, you dork. Oh,
1: I thought you said you know, S and L. I thought it was some new terminology that was out there.
0: You and your dirty brain. I have a
1: dirty brain. So
0: Let's kick this off, because this is how I want to kick off my weekend. I
1: know. You have your hand, and you're sticking out, and you're looking at something, but no one has <laughs> any idea it's what you're here, talking people. about. It's here. It's off camera. And, <laughs> and what is today?
0: Champagne Friday. Champagne Friday.
1: And so for our Champagne Friday day today, talk about, for a hot moment, how we're going to drink this champagne. Oh, gosh. So the bottle is already popped, and I have... Oh,
0: wait, wait, and for those of you who don't know how to open a bottle of champagne, mm-hmm. check out an earlier episode.
1: Yes, check out our earlier episode. Was that... Which one was that? Was that Engagement Guac and Shock?
0: No. Oh, no. Oh, pour one out for the haters. hmm
1: Yes. went out for the haters yes we talk about how to properly open a bottle of champagne so it it would retain its tens of millions of bubbles within the the bottle (laughs) let's talk about champagne today then i took out a few different styles of glasses we're only going to drink out of one of them but we're going to talk about all three briefly okay okay the first glass a champagne flute which I do love.
0: Which is an instrument I played You're in a, a marching flautist. band. In a marching band. Oh,
1: in a marching band. Oh, nice. Well, you, it's funny. You uh, you still give or take marching orders, so.
0: That, that's really, well, I certainly give them.
1: I love champagne flutes. One, because I love the way they look. I love drinking champagne out of them. There's different types of flutes. You have the trumpet flutes, you know, mm-hmm. which are kind of always fun, fun to look at. And you have different forms of tapered flutes. But the issue with a flute is although champagne does have bubbles millions of them technically in a glass that do pop and do provide do they have bubbles they have bubbles oh my they have God. bubbles and those bubbles news alert everyone i know it's a news alert those bubbles do pop under the nose which bursts of An actual nose of the wine, which is the aroma, which is bursted through those particular bubbles. But still, technically, one could say not the best way to drink a glass of champagne Mm -hmm. to be able to cherish all of the different notes within the bottle of champagne itself.
0: So you're saying sucking down the bubbles fast is not the best way to consume that glass of champagne?
1: No. Well, you can consume it really quite quickly. It's more about how do you get the full body and just nose out of... Mm. And taste and flavor and aroma out of a. I'm of totally a, thinking about this when we normally drink champagne. Yes. But these glasses were designed to help it retain its bubbles uh, during its duration versus the next glass, which is? Mm-hmm. The coupe. The coupe, which apparently has been said to have been designed. Do the, you know
0: what the coupe is based off of?
1: Well, I was just going to say it was technically, they say, designed back in the 17th century mm-hmm. by a Benedictine monk. Mm-hmm. Then, around a decade um, later, there are stories that started to emerge that it was King Louis Sixteenth who designed this after his wife's breast.
0: It's supposed to be the size of her booby.
1: You just can't make this stuff up, apparently.
0: Hey, leave it to the
1: French. Then, there was Queen Marie Antoinette, which then became synonymous with yes. the Coupe as well as when you think of aristocrats or the bourgeoisie and roaring 20s art deco parties where they're stacked and everyone's pouring champagne. But it's really the worst glass you can drink champagne out of unless you pour it and pound it down quickly because of the bubbles just instantly. So it
0: was made for a purpose, for roaring 20s wild parties.
1: Hey, prohibition, bam, just get it out of the way. <laughs> Though, But the bubbles just disappear pretty instantly, which defeats the purpose of Drinking. Hmm. But maybe that's why I like it because it doesn't
0: leave me feeling like I'm going to burp or gassy.
1: Or, okay, I'm not sure where to go with that. Maybe that's better for me when we're going to going to bed at night and the room will have less of an aroma.
0: <laughs> it's better for everyone. It's
1: but no, that's the problem with these. But they're you know, you always they're always depicted in movies, mm. you know, stacked in a pyramid and you pour the top and it goes they're to each other. They're pretty and they're fun. And they became a trend for a little while. Then they went out of vogue. They were actually also the trend of the Cary Grant um, golden age era in, you know, the movie industry and and, and so on. I love coops for drinking Manhattans and other drinks mm, but yes, just other cocktails other cocktails but just not champagne mostly for the fact that sometimes it, you do porous i do for fun for like fun. you'll be like
0: oh let's do the coop let's do
1: a coop but like because you know why you're in a boob mood you're in a boob it's i'm always in a boob mood because <laughs> 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 they're you know they're fun and they feel festive <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't even know where to take that. Okay. <laughs>
1: it's always festive. As I said, every day is a special occasion. Oh
0: yes. In Gregory Land. In
1: Gregory Land. So <laughs> that is the coupe with an E, not to be confused with a coup.
0: Mm, which that is, is what, true. you know. Which which we're not gonna touch politics. Which yeah, we're not gonna go into politics
1: then. <laughs> then there's the next glass in which we are going to drink out of today, which is a Chardonnay glass, tapers in on the top and helps it. To retain its bubbles. But then what's nice about it is when you pour it, you can just kind of put your nose in it, like any particular wine, and you can breathe and absorb the notes or aroma coming from the actual champagne itself. And with all the bubbles popping, it's interesting when you look at it scientifically, and I'm not an expert in any of this, it's just a, someone who likes to consume and take notes along the way and have learned from sommeliers throughout my life. Today, we're going to take it out of a white wine glass, chardonnay s mm-hmm. glass that tapers in, helps it retain its bubbles. But also, when you're drinking it, you can really pull the aroma from it as well and drink it as though you're drinking any particular glass of wine, except the difference is you're not going to swirl it. You can just put it under the nose and just take a whiff mm. and absorb the compounds and notes that are within that bottle of champagne. So a preferred way of drinking, which I had learned from my many years of loving and enjoying champagne and learning from sommeliers along the way. And also, as I mentioned our, in our last episode, So when you're I making it clear Gators, that it's
0: not because you're a champagne alcoholic.
1: Correct. Oh, I that's am, good to know. I am just a, a, a student. A student, a, a, student of, a student of the product. I am a student of the product, <laughs> the student of the industry. Yes, yes. So let me pour this for us now. Yes. And now that our champagne is poured... And also, what's nice about utilizing a wine glass is you can... You
0: could see the bubbles in action.
1: You can see the bubbles in action, but you can also add more liquid to the glass. Than <laughs> <laughs> than <laughs> Again, It's not a
0: champagne alcoholic. Yes, yes. Only a specific kind. Cheers.
1: Cheers. All right.
0: Happy Champagne Friday, Happy honey. Happy Champagne Friday.
1: mm, mm. You always think it's bougie to hold a glass by its stem. But when you hold it up top at the bowl here, you actually warm the champagne, which then changes the flavor of it.
0: You know, though, when we're at parties Mm -hmm. and gatherings, I find it a little bit scary to hold it by the stem because there are a lot of klutzy, bumpy people Mm -hmm. and type of parties. Mm. And I end up holding it, unfortunately, like this a lot of times. I know that's bad because you're heating up your drink with your, that the you warmth are. of your body, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it just feels safer. Oh,
1: with the warmth of your body. Like, are you like putting it right here? <laughs> I'm not are you putting <laughs> it between your boobs?
0: <laughs> Last time I checked, Gregory, my hands are a part of my body.
1: Oh, I see. Okay. I wouldn't really, It's I agree with you, but you normally when someone refers to their hands, they're not saying, my body is warming up this drink. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, to each his own. Mm-hmm. And I might just like have a different perspective of, you know, where my body is. Mm,
1: I see. I understand. It's
0: sort of like, you know, when I bump you and our kids when we're walking by with my
1: With uh, your butt. <laughs>
0: with <my> butt? <laughs> and I'm like, just don't know where the load goes, mm. you know? Uh,
1: yeah. So I'm not, I'm not it's like, sure. It's like, oops. I mm. didn't know it did that. Is that because when you turn a corner, your butt's still following five it's seconds still later? Like,
0: it's like four feet behind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's pretty big, four feet.
0: Yeah, can you imagine like... Wait, hold on
1: one second. I was just thinking, is that why when you book a flight, you have to buy like four tickets, four seats worth?
0: No, excuse me. Mm-hmm. That is not true.
1: What are you talking about?
0: I do not buy four seats worth for mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. I ask everyone, do I look like I buy four seats worth? <laughs> Maybe two, but Four? <laughs> come on guys
1: you buy the super first class where there's only two seats in first class (laughs) (laughs) Let's
0: it's called the private jet at that point (laughs) Uh,
1: which it's funny because I keep getting all those emails from those private jet companies get two hours free Mm. but meanwhile you have to buy like a jet card for half a million dollars
0: yeah And then, like, they charge $30,000 for a six-hour flight each time you use it. Yes, yes.
1: Or even more. Remember
0: we looked into it? We did. Well, it was more for, like, the entire family Mm because there was going to be 12 people. And we actually were investigating, is it more economical to just Mm -hmm. get a private jet to, like, you know, somewhere in the Caribbean Mm -hmm. or in Mexico or wherever? We were just too late to pull the trigger. But, you know, I am not going to... You know, not consider that mm. if it's more economical yeah, and it's absolutely. a shared cost and it
1: makes sense. Yeah, why not?
0: I mean, I know I probably sound bougie. Mm-hmm. I'm really good at pretending to be bougie, but mm. we all know that I'm el cheapo.
1: Well, it's all about finding the deals. It's yes. all about reviewing and I understanding what. Like, someone who wants me to try is for there, free. Is there an economic difference between between exactly. the two methods of travel? Right. Well, do you
0: remember when <laughs> <laughs> we before COVID? I was like, yeah, we're gonna helicopter it to JFK.
1: Which made sense.
0: It was the same cost. It, it as was like the, getting a black car. When
1: we would get a car service, it would be like 150 bucks to the airport, minimum. Or minimum, minimum. Or you could take a helicopter, which is a black car that picks you up from your terminal, brings you to the helicopter. You fly into Manhattan. Then another black car takes you to your home location mm-hmm. for 150 bucks, and it takes. And it, and it takes you from instead of say an hour and a half worth of traffic, minimum, that minimum to a forty-five minute All door-to-door. If, if that, experience. remember, it was like if thirty that. minutes because
0: we lived downtown then.
1: We did live downtown, so
0: then. it S- truly was a twenty-five minute. Experience. So it made sense. So that was
1: <laughs> yeah, that made complete sense. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. That was great.
0: Those were the good old days. I know. Now we're poor.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Now we're on a budget.
0: Yeah, that's what happens when you have older kids. <laughs> You get a bigger place. Yeah, it's, it's hard. like we're house rich, money poor.
1: We now take city bike to the airport. No,
0: you could do that. I still... Has I, that I,
1: basket up front? Has the basket on the front <laughs> the the city bike? <laughs> <laughs> Throw my carry-on luggage. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny.
0: So, you know, just speaking of being poor, something that I'm missing from our... Mm. Normal kind of social activity that you and I love to do Mm -hmm. is go to concerts. I know we love concerts, and we're really scaled back on our concert going.
1: We did Mm -hmm. well for multiple reasons. One is artists are finally starting to come back on tour. There has been tours that we've wanted to see, but we've also scaled back on on. Well, no offense. I
0: mean, look, I love you know I love the weekend Mm -hmm. and Doja Cat. Mm -hmm. But to spend an egregious thousand dollars a ticket, and
1: I was looking at those tickets last year. I think there were twenty five hundred bucks a piece.
0: Well, when I looked at it, it was a thousand, mm-hmm. and they were nowhere near where mm-hmm. I, like I'd rather just watch them on TV. Big,
1: and we could like have the volume as loud as we wanted here with our surround sound.
0: Yeah, and uh, by the way, we'll make cocktails and, and get food. sort of the
1: same experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a fraction of the cost, and we can have a gourmet meal and yes. make the cocktails that we want. And at the end of the night, we've spent maybe a hundred bucks. <laughs> Literally, right?
0: So, going to concerts is a fun activity. I've and seen I, many. I have loved taking my daughter since she was young mm-hmm. to concerts.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And some people are you're taking her to that concert and I think she was 7 or 8. Mm-hmm. And it was I think she will always remember these experiences with me.
1: I used to take my daughter to the fresh beat band back when she was That's younger. That's not
0: considered an artist. But How dare I, you I
1: love the fresh beat Could band. Could you stop? This is oh, I am talking st-
0: about taking Karen to like Taylor Swift. Uh, the fresh
1: Beat Band is a real band.
0: I took her to a Taylor Swift. You're okay. talking about Fresh good, Beat. Bo- good. Fresh boring Fresh band. Fresh boobs? Is that what you no, say? Fresh,
1: boobs? <laughs> Fresh boring band. No, Fresh B band. They were they they rocked it.
0: That was that stupid song that like used oh, to stick in my head. Oh, na, yeah. na 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 The opening. Na 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 na. Na, na 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 We had a great day in a super way. Why am I singing it? Yeah.
1: Why? Look at you did some to those, me. Some of those. Now that freaking some song is songs, gonna be stuck in my head, man. Some of those songs just happen to be in my in my playlist but still are there from when my daughter together. was younger I, I, some of those songs you know wake me oh wait it was what was it wake me up before you go go what's that one? Oh no that's wham that's
0: wham <laughs> that, how dare you mix up wham they, with they, fresh they have
1: beat no, band. i wasn't mixing up but they have a song that's just like that wake me up before, before you, you go, go go don't leave me hanging on like a yo-yo yeah that is not fresh beat band no that's not fresh but they have a song that's I think like this that.
0: conversation topic has come to an yeah, end when I you're know. mixing up Nickelodeon so, terrible bands with, with Wham. Wham.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, when was your first concert oh. and what was it? Oh, Who my was first it? concert. Mm.
0: Uh, I wasn't allowed to go to concerts without my parents. Mm. I don't blame them. Mm-hmm. It could be really dicey, dodgy individuals. So was it like some
1: 70s, you know, rock artist that your mom loved or was it? A Bollywood star?
0: Actually, my first concert... Was it Shah
1: Rukh Khan like, when doing I was, a show?
0: <laughs> when I was probably five or six years old, my parents, we all went to uh, an Amita Bachchan. Oh, uh, nice. massive concert. Mm-hmm. I think it was Nasa Coliseum, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly.
1: That's one place I haven't seen a concert yet. Huge,
0: huge stadium. It's just too far away. Huge stadium. Mm-hmm. And it was packed with a bunch of fobs.
1: Mm. Go
0: fobs. bunch of Indians that gathered in Nasa Coliseum and it mm-hmm. was the most fun, fun, fun Bollywood music. Mm-hmm. I went to a lot of Bollywood concerts, mm-hmm. actually. It, and they serve samosas. Oh, Bollywood concerts. Nice. It's like way better concert they, food.
1: Yeah, they, they, they switch out the American hot dogs for Oh, yeah, there's those. like all Indian Well, they're members. catering to the audience, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes complete it's sense. It was amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: I got to meet uh, a lot of those Bollywood celebrities growing up. But mm-hmm. then eventually, my first concert, American concert, was on the later side. Mm. A little bit embarrassing.
1: Later side, as in?
0: I was 18. Oh, okay. Because I was finally you old enough. had protective parents, right? And yeah, which is okay. I think I turned out all right. That's fine. Having protective parents. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm the oldest. Mm-hmm. I'm a girl. So I don't blame them. Mm-hmm. And it was actually seeing Usher.
1: Oh, That would have been a great show.
0: It was Usher opening up for Janet.
1: Janet Jackson.
0: Yeah. It was not the Usher concert. It was like when he was young. Yeah. He was just a breakout artist. Mm
1: -hmm. Great singer, great dancer. Mm
0: -hmm. I remember him in his white suit coming down Mm -hmm. the steps when he opened up. He even Mm -hmm. like put on a real dramatic. He does
1: like the side moonwalk. He took the Michael Jackson moonwalk and like spun it to a side All we remember is
0: like, we're like, who's this amazing dancing? Mm -hmm. But me and all my college friends were like, he seems to be very well endowed because it was really prominent, even from nosebleeds.
1: Really? We were uh.
0: like, what is that? <laughs> what
1: is what is that thing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is happening here? And, and
1: now it's like resonating in your head why your parents didn't want you going to concerts.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, this is why <laughs> well, they were protecting me.
1: <laughs> but it's kind of like 70s artists when you look at... You know, the song remains the same, with uh, which is Led Zeppelin, where you have Robert Plant in extremely, you know, tight, low-cut pants, and you kind of see what's going on there. And it's always been sort of depicted as musicians having pants that emphasize.
0: Yeah, but, you know, I have to admit, a lot of those wacky-looking hard rocker dudes with mm-hmm. their lady leather pants, as I call it.
1: Lady leather pants.
0: They don't even look like they've got business down there because mm. it's so tight and it still looks like undeveloped. I have leather pants. You don't look undeveloped. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, but thank you also you. don't wear lady leather pants.
1: Yeah, no, my leather pants are quite cool.
0: Like their hips are half the hip size of mine.
1: The lady leather, leather pants men. that men would wear. Yes. yes, as like they're they have this emaciated look. Yeah.
0: Oh, but, you know, my my parents were huge Bee Gees fans. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I didn't go to their concerts, mm-hmm. and I don't think my parents really went to their concerts per se. Mm-hmm. It was, I guess, just not in their, at least I don't know. Mm-hmm. I do know they go to a lot of concerts now in AC, mm-hmm. and they see all these older pop stars and yacht rock stars mm-hmm. coming back and doing mm-hmm. shows at the Borgata or at wherever, you know? Mm-hmm. But I do recall my parents loving Bee Gees and, um, what's that? Great one? band.
1: They were a but band that had a hard time getting am- signed.
0: They they amazing band. Mm. Great music. There was also was there someone named Samantha Fox? There is a Samantha Fox. Like, I remember I'm that album to remember. cover. I'm trying yeah. to remember. They obviously had Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. they had Janet Jackson. Mm-hmm. They had all the big pop stars. And I remember they had the records. Mm. Like the actual records, which sadly got flooded. I, in the oh that's and that's sad. It, yeah. I
1: actually have quite a large vinyl collection in Connecticut. I probably have around 350, 400 albums still on vinyl.
0: I think that's your age group. It's,
1: well, yes, yeah, of course. It's, well, yes, obviously, but they're also collector's items. And as a, because don't forget, I used to DJ too, right? Yes. So I would use those to spin back in the day. But
0: I have a theory about us being only five years apart mm. that your group is like a bunch of hoarders.
1: I don't find myself to be a hoarder. <clears throat> What are you laughing at? I do not hoard. I get rid of things. You
0: conveniently have the house with your sister in Connecticut to hoard your stuff. That
1: is not true. That is not true. I
0: have nothing anywhere else.
1: No. What we
0: have here is all I have.
1: If you look at what I have in Connecticut, it's music gear, predominantly. Um, some storage items for instance camping when I go camping and yeah, other type you're gear such a camper I used to go several times a year
0: i have known you for how long
1: 11 years
0: you i think went camping only four times it, in that entire yes decade. But i used to go
1: I used to go more often but that's because we're stuck down here in the city it's it's not as easy to get out of the city mm. to go camping but you know me i enjoy camping and so there's but there's not Many items of camping gear there. And then I have other parts of my music collection that are there, including my albums. Uh, I think one of my turntables might be there. But then, as mentioned, my music gear is there. And then I have hockey, some hockey gear there as well. Okay, so the
0: hoarding continues.
1: It's not hoarding. Eventually, one of these days, I may sell some of those albums.
0: Mm.
1: They are, well, several of them are collector's items now because they're in great condition. Oh. Mm-hmm
0: hey, that's a way to make money, honey.
1: That's true. I have a CD collection there, too, that's several hundred CDs. Those I can just get rid of. Those I don't care about. The albums... I, but like records. But records, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those have hit a point where they're collector's items. CDs I don't really think are necessarily collector's items quite no. quite yet.
0: But we do have a record player because there was that hot, very hot minute where Karen was mm-hmm. wanting a record player. And you bought her one yes. for Christmas. yes. Got her one. It's a nice player. I don't think she uses it.
1: No, but the good thing is, it's a modern day player that either could be plugged into a system or is a standalone by itself. That is you true. It. Oh, we so. should
0: have her use it with her speakers.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, she be, could use that, that would with her be speakers. Cool. So, that's, what was your first concert? Player. My first concert uh, was a band I still love, but I loved back then. I've seen them several times since and oh, I a know. show Wait. in which my Can parents... Guess? Can I guess? Oh, I'll, I'll let you guess in a hot moment. And a show where my parents were speaking with our neighbors, mm. and... Telling, they were talking about the show, and I guess my neighbors were saying, "Oh, I they they were a little more protective, probably." Mm-hmm. And they were trying to convince my parents to not allow me to go. And I was going with my sister, my what? cousin, and someone oh, else. Oh, I was
0: gonna say were, were they going together, and they didn't mm-hmm. want you to go. Because no, American. they were just worried
1: because, like, being in a concert environment. And at the time, I was twelve, mm-hmm. and uh, I was with my sister, my cousin, and I think it was my sister's friend who we were with. And it was both this band, and then Madonna was playing at one of the other venues right near this particular venue. And so, as we were driving out, there we were caught in traffic in Jersey on our way there. And there was like the Madonna cars, and then there was this other band's cars. Mm-hmm. So, who was the band?
0: Probably Pink Floyd.
1: Oh no, that would have been a great show to to, to be my first show. No. Mm think a little more, they brought acceptance to... Led well, Zeppelin? One, one could say they brought acceptance to 80s hair metal.
0: Led Zeppelin? mm Def Leppard?
1: Mm-mm. Although I've seen Def Leppard. haven't seen Led Zeppelin. Although I did see Jason Bonham, uh, John Bonham's son, perform with Foreigner at Jones Beach Theater, mm. which he, all of a sudden, Foreigner comes out. I didn't Van realize... Van Halen? I saw them several times, but not the... This is not the first? Not okay. the first. Dang I saw, it. Okay, I saw, so tell me. I saw Van Halen... With David Lee Roth and Wolfgang, Eddie Van Halen's son, on bass. And then I saw Van Halen with Sammy Hagar. Hmm. And I've, I probably, I've seen Van Halen probably like four or five times. My first concert, Bon Jovi.
0: I was about to say Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. You should have just said Jersey.
1: I said I was going to Jersey. Oh, Remember? I, I was Jersey. in the Jersey. Sorry, yeah, we were this on our way. Jones
0: Beach action took over my mind. Oh,
1: I see. Yeah, which I've seen many concerts there. But Bon Jovi, Slippery When Wet, mm. uh, which was a great, great. I still love that album. He's I aged. Mean, he has aged. Uh, I believe he's having vocal problems now. And there's talk oh, of a no. reunion with Richie Sambora, who mm. is a guitar player yep. that partnered with him and co-wrote most of their hits. But that album just yielded hit after hit. You had Wanted Dead or Alive. Have you there. ever seen
0: um, Billy Joel? I tickets saw. tickets are up. I,
1: I saw Billy Joel during his last play at Shea, at Shea Stadium. Well, he played two I concerts there. Here, so. He's got the residency at, yeah. at Madison Square Garden. He was, he was tremendous live. And I'll tell you, so an interesting fact about Bon Jovi, the Slippery When Wet album, when it first came out, the uh, initial album cover was x nayed by the label it was this busty woman in like this neon-esque yellow shirt that was all wet. And then like this neon pink border around it. Oh, you
0: think they they the, had an issue with that? The label
1: deemed it sexist. What's wrong with being sexy?
0: Wait, sex? <laughs> I'm
1: joking. I'm joking. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a quote from Spinal Tap. That was the original album cover they want to go with. The label said, eh, but they released it, I think, in, I think it was Japan. It was released that way. And then they quickly moved to the new album cover, which was apparently a black bag that was sprayed down with water, and then they wrote in it "slippery when wet," and that was the album cover that was hmm. released. An underwhelming album cover. Not according at to the all band.
0: suggestive in any in, way, in, shape, any, manner. Look, like they're trying confusing. to be sexy. Yes. You know what's weird? I know Bon Jovi is probably like this heartthrob for a lot of these '80s grown women mm. back then. I have never found him to be attractive. I think there's something nice about him. Mm -hmm. He's like the guy next door. I was going to say
1: he's like a boy next door. Yeah. But not sexy. I have respect for Bon Jovi because he, you know, I got my start at Electric Lady Studios, which was Jimi Hendrix's studio, right? And he, I believe, started at the hit factory, the way that everyone starts out, you know, sweeping the floors, doing whatever it takes, and then made his connections. And, you know, the rest is history. I saw Bon Jovi perform... In Central Park, uh, when they played, when he played there, and I've seen actually some great shows in Central Park. No, he's Park. an amazing artist. Yeah, I'm I've not seen him several, yeah, several times at in the garden in Jersey.
0: He's Bon Jovi as a band and him, great band. Mm-hmm. You know who I can't stand? Who Bruce Springsteen. So I'm sorry to offend anyone who loves Bruce, but he's mm-hmm. just not my thing. So since I was young.
1: So if you remember, I used to see concerts on a regular basis, sometimes up to three a week. And I used to run a concert review blog, and I wrote a scathing review. So, you agree with me? 100%. Remember the title of the article? It was Bruce Spring Stink, Stank, Stunk. Hmm. <laughs> it was, and the reason, I'll tell you the reason why I was upset with this show, because all I ever heard how great Bruce Springsteen is, he brings a ton of energy to his shows. When I saw this show, it was at the garden, I just felt he was he was just going through the motions. It was a job. It was no it wasn't this charismatic performance. And then what really irked me was in between songs, all he was doing was promoting his album and his merch out around the sides, you can go get my merch, you can get my album, you can, he was like, I think at the time he was releasing a book. I'm like, dude, you do do not need to self-promote yourself. People will buy your product. It was cheesy. Just do what I paid you to do. Get on stage, jump around, give me energy and perform the songs I want to hear.
0: But I don't even like his music.
1: Now I, I do like some of his music. His music I sounds, do like some of his music.
0: Every track sounds the same to me, mm-hmm. and it's like
1: rawr, rawr, rawr. like it sounds yeah, he, like that
0: to me. He's definitely like the a entire screamer. Time. He's an
1: artist that was almost dropped before making Born to Run what was his third album. And it was, which happens to many bands back in the day. You'd get a deal, and then they, a label, would give you a chance to develop and see if you would start to take off. And the same thing happened. I love to how Rush.
0: there's no patience for development today.
1: There's no patience at all for development. You have to basically come to the label as pretty much a self-made star already, and then they'll invest in, into you to make you, you know, much more successful. And the deals are just they're different in this day and age as as, as well. And so for him, Born to Run came out. That's what blew him up. I was really upset by the tackiness, yeah, of that performance it's that I wrote. Cheap. a Scathing. It's it was very, so very. I felt like he didn't need to do that. But I do like that's some like, Bruce songs. You know, that's and I like Taylor
0: Max Swift saying, "Hi guys, totally go buy my merch. It's so amazing." I would. I've never heard her. I've been to a few of her concerts. No, instead she's the never. Com-
1: instead she's the complete opposite, which is um, annoying as well. Oh my god, I want another award. Me? It's like I mean, that's it's a annoying, little yeah. that's a little pretentious and. But in she's its, not in doing that right. at a
0: concert.
1: No, she's doing that in front of millions of people on an award show.
0: Well, who cares? You don't even watch award <laughs> shows. We talked about this last week.
1: <laughs> well, we scanned through them a little bit. Well, that's only because they're boring. Ugh. Most award shows in this day and age—they've also be become boring, political, which I don't. They're like. political, and I think they can be a little egregious at times. Yeah. You know, if you're going to the Academy Awards and you're getting what a bag worth thirty-five thousand dollars, I think every actor should be donating that bag. Mm. Yeah. Like George Clooney does. I think George Clooney donates. Yes. Right? I
0: believe he does donate. When I think about concerts, I also think about how does music that we take in and experience, how do we use some of those experiences to maybe impact our personal surrounding? Mm. For instance, Bon Jovi, Bruce. These are not like sexy jams, in my opinion. They remind me of like being at an Irish bar. You
1: might have some haters after this podcast.
0: No, they remind me of being in an Irish bar. Wait, I
1: think my phone's already pinging me that half of Jersey <laughs> is upset with you. Asbury Park is, already has rioters. To
0: each his own, if you find it to have a romantic candlelit dinner with rrr, rrr, in the background, <laughs> you, do, well, whoops, the,
1: well, you do you. Well, no, the romantic would be whoa, 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 I'm on fire. No, that reminds rem-
0: me of like a song I should have on when I'm hanging out with my dad.
1: Mm. That's not like a candlelight dinner. I was driving in my car. Do, 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 do. I'm already asleep. Well I'm it's ended. Actually that was a cover song. Yes. <laughs> that he had performed but Bon Jovi, I just—I'm still a Bon Jovi fan. No, I, I don't love really. Bon Jovi. I don't love his new music. The bon but Jovi
0: I like in a bar, all the way through Bad Medicine. Like we're hanging out at a fun Irish mm-hmm. American bar. It's totally like great vibes. Fun,
1: fun to listen so to. So that's what I was mm-hmm. trying to
0: go. I wasn't. I wasn't It's to, arena rock. No, but I was just saying. I was trying to say before mm-hmm. I have haters out there mm. that music has a role to play Wait. in different environments that you're within. And how we use the music can also impact the mood of the people mm-hmm. that we are interacting with at that moment. Well, of course, because... So that's m- why I'm saying, I'm just trying to say music is really powerful.
1: Music is extremely powerful. And well, so as a drummer, I, I completely understand that. And as someone who also writes, writes songs, because as a as a drummer, when you're playing live, you're kind of helping to control really what's happening within that room because we're controlling the tempo. We're controlling how aggressive the music is. We're actually controlling every single person within that room without them even knowing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like utilizing neuroscience techniques to understand and control people because think about how many times we've played together and how many times in the middle of a set, I will change up the set list to say, no, we're moving to this next song based on the audience emotion or I may continue a song saying, hey, let's go back to the first verse again, or let's extend this um, end section and just keep it going. So, we're music, you know, when you're singing alive, it's living and breathing in real time. And the artists themselves are feeding off the energy of the crowd. And you're really playing together to create this overarching emotion or emotive experience that's taking place, which is why concerts are so spectacular.
0: Which, by the way, uh, is Chat GPT going to sing for us now? Maybe. Is AI going to be like, I'm going to pull up like a mm-hmm. whole series of customized lyrics and sing to you?
1: Talking writing, that's what's great about Pink Floyd is their use of going from you know, minors to majors, right? It just creates an interesting emotion. You have a D minor, which could be like, a they sad use, sort of. I, note. I believe they use a, a Middle Eastern
0: or Indian scale for their music writing. They it's might not. It's not the traditional eight note scale.
1: Mm-hmm. They well, they they've ex- they, well they experiment. Yeah, they've always been known to experiment. And Led
0: Zeppelin also.
1: Mm-hmm. Even back in in the Sid days, yeah. And Led, Ze- Led Zeppelin, like especially Kashmir and other songs, they've definitely experimented. Well, the Beatles, right? The they Beatles all have gone of, yeah. through different different periods and exploring world music and then incorporating that into their own songs, but. That just comes back to, which we've talked about in general, is the more experiences that someone has, the more interesting they may become because they can share those experiences with others and they can utilize those experiences in their own life and especially if they're in a creative position, how those experiences can affect and augment their current creative abilities.
0: Right, well, I have a perspective that it's important to be culturally and worldly exposed. Mm -hmm. And even in raising our kids, albeit it's 50% of the time, I would love 100, but Mm -hmm. it's 50. Mm -hmm. And I'm lucky that my ex has a similar view, so he does this Mm -hmm. with at least my daughter, Mm -hmm. is global exposure, cultural exposure, food exposure, Mm -hmm. music exposure, Mm -hmm. is so critical to shaping us into more interesting individuals.
1: So I 100% agree with you and I will say the one thing with our with our girls cuz we expose them to multiple different cultures. The you know, the more the merrier and we try to take them different places across across the world, right? But just bringing it back to music because we're diverse in our palette for different styles of music that we expose them to music that they otherwise would never be exposed to. We're playing anywhere from, you know, like a Chopin um, from a classical renaissance you know, period back um, in that style of music all the way through 50s music, 60s, yeah. 70s, all the way to current day, they get exposed to all the different music styles that we enjoy well, listening to. The
0: best is actually, for me personally, also seeing uh, your daughter, who's not from an Indian culture, whereas mm-hmm. Kieran, obviously Indian culture, but... They both have been a really good influence on each other. Mm-hmm. But I'm really impressed that your daughter has also opened up her acceptability of Indian music. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, well she loves
1: that movie, Padmavith.
0: Yes, Padmavith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, that's your song. Yeah,
1: that's one of my songs. She yeah. she that's actually
0: she likes the jams from another one, mm-hmm. Bhajra Mastani. Oh yes, yes, that, yes. that's the other Deepika Padukone. Mm-hmm like movie and i remember it was just so cute she's like yeah put that on again kirthi and mm-hmm. i'm going to dance to it and her and kiran were reenacting the entire bollywood mm-hmm. dance it's so important mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people it really scares me when i look at the news and the things that are happening in just the U.S. Mm-hmm. alone, which mm-hmm. we are supposed to be the melting pot. Mm-hmm. There is no such thing as an I. It's a we in the U.S. Mm-hmm. because we all come from different places. The only people who really are from here are the indigenous uh-huh. folks, right? Yep. So it's so like important that we appreciate each other mm-hmm. and, and we find ways to enjoy. And maybe we're not going to like everything that we are exposed to because that's you human. Like you don't have to yeah. like it. But you should be open-minded.
1: And appreciate someone else's love of it, right? Or if it's their culture. Absolutely. And
0: I'm hearing that more and more with music Mm -hmm. that's produced and put out, too. Well, what's
1: interesting, music is so incredibly universal, it doesn't matter what language you speak, melody resonates. Yes. Right? And even...
0: You you can't avoid it. You can't avoid The feeling that it gives you.
1: Well, also, when you listen to certain artists, when you listen to artists... So, talking music, it's universal... And because melody just resonates and people can hum and sing to melody. But what I also find interesting about when people are singing music, it doesn't matter what culture they are. Or what accent they have. Or what accent they have. Yeah. You often cannot tell what that accent is when they're singing because it just sounds.
0: I am so curious about this because if you are an actor, Mm -hmm. you're trained when you have another regional accent Mm -hmm. to make a different accent depending on the role of course and many many british actors just and australian actors i think are phenomenal at this they they can magically just sound american when they want or Mm -hmm. whatever right Mm -hmm. i would say less so i hear from my fellow indian people when they've appeared in american flicks Uh unless they were brought up for part-time here and they can lean into it It's mostly Indian, British, English, right? Mm -hmm. But singing is such an interesting delivery Mm -hmm. because half the time you're like, wait, you're listening to a song, you're feeling the vibe, you're going with it, and they're singing in English words. But then later I'm like, wait, that person was British? Wait, that person was Indian? That person was Latin America? You don't hear it. Yeah, yeah. You don't hear no. it in the, like, the lyrics as they're delivered.
1: I feel like one of the times you do hear it was during that movement in the 80s, the British invasion where people were overly accenting, don't, don't you want me? Oh, and, yeah. you know, like yeah, Human yeah. League and like that era of, of music. Because being British was sexy. Because being, yes. I
0: which, think bring, being British is still sexy. Mm-hmm.
1: What I love about music too is I love how music helps in different scenarios, right? Because music is used at times as a form of therapy, but then also can help change the situation or mood Mm. instantly. Mm. And a story that just happened to come to mind was when we were in Connecticut. It was a few years ago when we had that major snowstorm and we took the kids to Connecticut to go sledding. Mm. That was like
0: a real snowfall. It was a real
1: snowfall. We were in the backyard and in in our backyard, we have this great hill for sledding, which I'd been sledding down my entire life. And we had a little bonfire going, so it was really warm, shown by the bonfire, sledding down. We broke out like the old school toboggans and flexible flyers that we've had since the we 80s. We had friends come up. We had friends come up. And, but there was just, it was, a, it was a challenge with the blended family still bringing things together and... There was some disagreements and some arguments, and I remember we sat down for dinner, and oh, yes. we're sitting around the table, and we happen to order Indian, and everyone wanted Indian because it's like warm, comfort. I was food. like,
0: I'm never gonna say no. I am Indian,
1: and I forget something. You're Indian, and I forget something like happened at the table, and there might have been like a little bit of a scuffle or argument or something like that. All of a sudden, I bust out Kalibali. Oh yes, and everyone just. Instantly started singing with me it at that really moment in funny. time. I
0: was like, what is it, happening here? Yes. It felt like uh, my best friend's <laughs> wedding when they sang uh, that old Dion Warwick song. Yes. From the moment I wake up.
1: Or it's kind of like that SNL skit, which takes place on Thanksgiving. And there's like family members arguing and they go into a Adele's. Hello from the other side.
0: Yes. <laughs> it was that like, was that was a really funny it, it SNL was, actually. Oh, it
1: was hilarious. It was that except instead of Adele, it was me singing Kalibali. Mm-hmm. So I was singing Habibi, Habibi, yes. and like all of a sudden the whole table just started I think singing with me. We couldn't help
0: but laugh at you, but then we joined you. <laughs> and
1: Then you joined me, but it changed the entire mood of that dinner, and the rest of the dinner was spectacular.
0: It was. It, it really flipped, it was a fun yeah flip it flipped a it, the power music, of music music is very powerful. I mean, you know, therapists use music mm-hmm. uh, a lot of. There's modern therapy approaches and mm-hmm. techniques uh, for children mm-hmm. to use art and music to connect with the child. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where I was earlier when I said deep thoughts on relationships. Uh, you know, these are the things that I think people don't necessarily talk about, right? They'll be like, oh, my God, I went to the concert. I got so trashed. And then Mm. there was somebody doing drugs. Like, Mm -hmm. whatever. Like, first of all, like, I don't do any of that shit. And I still manage to have fun. But, I mean, I get tipsy for for sure. Um, But (laughs) my thing is, like, you don't have to go to a concert or experience music to only get fucked up. Mm -hmm. Like, you can can actually experience music for all the amazingness Mm -hmm. that it can do.
1: It's a visceral experience. Well, look at even when we when we play, and I've had multiple bands that I've played with who have told me this that like the style of playing of drum of a drummer that I am. You know, I I can throw in dance beats, uh, different forms of rhythmic beats, jazz, R and B. Like I blend all reggae, reggaeton, like all these different styles of old school rock and roll are all different influences that I incorporate because I just want to create an atmosphere or this aesthetic that just makes people want to move but it's very powerful in driving. Yeah. And that when my kick drum, when I hit my kick drum, like the stage just reverberates and everyone feels it right in their chest. And then the whole crowd, because of the system, just feels it right in their chest. And I've had, you know, whether it's our band, Hot Sugar or other bands, when they played with their drummers, they just they, they don't get that necessarily that feeling. No, you need the bass. You need, you need a kick feel. drum. You need that kick drum that just drives it, that just, just kind of hammers it Hammers at home and, and drives drives the music and coming back to as you say for therapy even for people that you know are deaf can yeah. appreciate music because of the frequency the they can feel they feel the can frequency. feel yeah, yeah. You, you can feel the sound waves right that are coming from the music and, and, and understand that when going to concerts after my mom died my dad loved music uh, he always had music on in the house and for even for like Christmas gifts we used to get him like new speakers and maybe a new system and so we always had music on in the house like mm. 247 literally so after my mom had died I started taking him to pretty much every single concert that I was going to which was quite a few there were many different concert stories that I have one is you know I took him to see Roger Waters perform the wall at Yankee Stadium which was a great show
0: is that the sandwich incident
1: oh no that's it that was Jones Beach the sandwich <laughs> incident <laughs> Kristen
0: I I got your back I I, I remember the the sandwich
1: So the sandwich incident
0: For our podcast and video listeners Kristen is one of Greg's older sisters Yes
1: she is The sandwich incident was at Jones Beach Oh actually we weren't seeing I don't think we were seeing a concert that day That was a separate trip to Jones Beach And I was upset with my father because we were all getting up early to go to Jones Beach as um, you know, we would normally try to go a couple times during during the year. Either that or Robert Moses. My responsibility was to make sandwiches for everyone that particular morning. And I said, <laughs> Dad, I will make these. But as you know, I schedule everything out. And I may not yeah, do things. When, on Greg time. On It's on my time. but Which it's isn't when we are trying on, to
0: leave no, at a certain time. That is time. not true.
1: It's done exactly at the time that I said it would be due by. And so some people. Which is when everyone's putting their shoes on. It doesn't matter. It's still done by then, and we're still walking out the door on time. And so I had scheduled exactly when I was going to make these sandwiches, and I wanted to make my sandwich a certain particular way. My father, being. In, I shouldn't say impatient he was trying to help out I guess so he decided and I hadn't made the sandwiches yet no he didn't trust so you he,
0: I'm telling you what your dad was feeling No, he was like this boy is not going to let us leave so, here on time No, we I'm were making leaving. this shit we were That's what, that,
1: we were going to leave Daddy on time Daddy
0: Yates was thinking that
1: so we were going to leave on time he ends up making those sandwiches one now I'm 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 upset I'm quite perturbed. We get into a little bit of a scuffle at the house. I'm like mad at him. I'm basically like yelling at him. Why'd you make the sandwiches? And so when we get to the beach that day and it's time to have lunch, I'm of course upset with the way that he had made my sandwich because it's oh, not the way really, I wanted my sandwich Greg made. Greg
0: is never stubborn and I'm, he never holds a crush. And so
1: wasn't going to eat it. But then I'm hungry. And instead of going to the concession stand, I was like, well, where's the tomatoes? Like, where This isn't the main... So I was challenging him on the way that he had made my sandwich, all because I was upset because I was supposed to make the sandwiches. And they would have been made on time. Mm-hmm. So that was that. But that wasn't a concert day. That was just going to the beach. But the reason why you would think that is because we used to go to Jones Beach shows. Mm-hmm. What we used to do is go to the beach prior Mm -hmm. and have a wonderful day at the beach and then leave the beach and they have like quick showers right there, even though it's like ice cold water, bring a change of clothes then make our way to the Jones Beach parking lot, tailgate a little bit, and then we'd head into the shows.
0: Wow, that's quite the day.
1: It's a, gr- it's a wonderful day to experience. I don't
0: think the N89.
1: Yeah, but they enjoy beaches.
0: Or Mommy they, Manju would do that.
1: Why not? They enjoy beaches. They, would,
0: they would not shower in a public beach shower situation. It's a quick
1: little shower. You, you have your flip-flops but on. Mom would be like, oh, my God. Where is the hotel? No, we're talking about just showering, still in your bathing suit. No,
0: uh, okay, maybe my parents. We're talking.
1: So I took my dad to a show there, fish. I took him to see fish, and he's this. Uh,
0: your dad doesn't seem like a fish guy. No,
1: he's he's in his seventies. I would just take him to any show that I was going to. And he'd always just wanna go and he didn't care. He just loved, loved music. Actually, the, the shows that I used to take him to, I used to buy tickets specially for him that he loved, one of his favorite bands, were the Eagles.
0: Oh, yes.
1: And if you remember, if you recall, from when he died at his memorial service. You
0: had the Eagles music playing.
1: Afterwards we did, but when I was eulogizing him, I trying to find Eagle songs that would be appropriate for a memorial service. But every Eagles song is about basically like sex, drugs, and rock and roll, which I talked about during the eulogy. Do you? Do you, know, you remember? Inappropriate. Do you remember
0: who you asked for help to get the music sheets together? That would be you. Yeah. Yes. And I was confused, mm-hmm. and I said to you, Greg. Uh, this doesn't seem like a memorial service kind well, of
1: tune. Well, the thing is, the Eagles, incredible harmonies, which is what they're known for, great melody.
0: But it's all about like riffs, love and but when girlfriends. You, and-
1: yes. When you actually start reading the lyrics to these songs, they're just not appropriate church songs. And my dad, technically Protestant, that doesn't really matter. But at a memorial service that took place in a church, it just, it wasn't the right song. So I found some other songs that, that he also loved that were a little more Appropriate. Back to Jones Beach. Took him to the fish show, and what's crazy about a fish show is a completely different experience than other shows that I've Even taken him to. Even the drug
0: addicts in the audience.
1: There are quite a few mm-hmm. um, that are definitely tripping. But all of a sudden, fish comes on. They start playing, and people just left and right. Sticks, glow yeah, sticks, yeah, glow sticks. So we're in like the lower level. People left and right throwing hundreds, like thousands of them, all over the place. The whole place is lit up like this, like because things there are a flying bunch of all over. Psychedelic
0: druggies. Oh yeah,
1: it's it, it was great. And then my dad.
0: It's great. What is your dad? How's your wait? I met your dad. He's not like fishy.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> How do I say so, that? no, he's, he's like straight laces could be. And so, he's at this concert. All of a sudden, people start offering him joints, asking him if he wants some. He's just like, "No, thank you. No, thank you." So exactly. He's, yeah, it's not, just it's just not him. Seems- so he's getting offering joints. Then all of a sudden, Fish, they they typically play two sets with an intermission. That night, there happened to be someone who had jumped off one of the balconies. Oh my God. I don't know exactly. I don't know if they were tripping or what. They jumped off. an idiot. I believe the person ended up being okay at the end of the day. So they're a bigger idiot. And meanwhile, this is like the movie National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase. It's one of those instances. All of a sudden, my father, who his hearing isn't great because he's older. All of a sudden, he's like, do you hear that? My sister and I are like, you're what? Oh, I hear a helicopter. Like, we don't hear a thing. Then all of a sudden, the next day we read in the paper, the person was teleported out.
0: And your dad heard <laughs> and that. And my dad.
1: It was, and the reason why I'm saying it's like Christmas vacation, it's kind of like the old aunt that's there. And she's like, you hear something? I hear something <laughs> funny. And like the, nobody the else uncle's like, you couldn't hear like if a bomb dropped in front of you. And all of a sudden she hears the squirrel
0: yes, in, in, the, the in the tree.
1: It was that experience where my father happened to hear this and no one else... It was a moment in time.
0: Maybe your dad was secondhand weed effects from all the joints (laughs) that went around and he was in another stratosphere in his head.
1: It's absolutely possible. Please I mean, there were particular. glow sticks flying
0: uh-huh. around. I don't know. Yeah. This this sounds like a really, yeah. you know, precarious that was. concert situation. I'll tell you, I
1: saw Fish years ago.
0: What do they sing again? They sing. I can't even recall their songs right now. Yeah, off they have. Of my head. They only have a
1: really a few radio hits. Like a Picture of Nectar was one of their albums, which was a more radio-friendly album. But they have extended jams. Mm. And so there really aren't many songs you'd hear on radio. But I saw them at the Capitol Theater. I want to say it was the late. 80s. They were just breaking through at that time. Thank you for aging yourself. But don't forget, I started seeing concerts when I was 12. Whatever. Been, been I started Bollywood
0: concerts when I was five. I beat you. Mm. And I was eating yummy samosas while oh. watching amazing Amitabh Bachchan perform. Oh, well,
1: aren't you special?
0: Yeah, I am.
1: So one concert, though, you haven't brought up, which should be on the top of your list. You
0: asked, you asked me my first concert. I did. So you didn't ask me what was the last concert I went to?
1: Maybe... One of your favorites?
0: One of my, yeah, you did not You did not ask me the right question.
1: It wasn't about asking you the right question. I wanted to know what your history of concert-going experiences were, which then would be- That's not historical. That's true It's
0: like literally six yeah, months ago. But
1: I needed to get an understanding of your history before we could understand your favorites. We needed to understand the story of your life to put it in perspective.
0: The story of my life. Mm -hmm. I
1: haven't seen him yet. He's going to come wearing some ugly jumper. Mm. Him and his hideous wardrobe oh actually you wants a funny story i was at manili vanilli's concert when they were busted for lip-syncing
0: oh really was, yeah. well that's like <laughs> that whole period of the britney's the Tis, what was Ashley tisdale tisdale i'm sorry i mm-hmm. think of like my old boss with mm-hmm. the last name tisdale The tiz. they they were all lip-syncing in mm-hmm. concerts it's like not what you pay to go see mm-hmm. right But yes, I can talk about my most favorite concert experience, Mm -hmm. which is unlike most any concert experiences Mm -hmm. I've had in my, you know, 40 something years of being a human being um, Coldplay.
1: Yeah, it was a birthday concert, so it was like a bougie experience.
0: It was A to Z, birthday bougie concert Mm -hmm. experience, and it was. The most amazing experience yep. was when you took me to Coldplay last yep. year. And you had my bestie, who's my middle sister, yes. and my brother-in-law. And Join you know us. My middle sister is my lifelong best friend. Well, the
1: funny thing is, I was trying to keep it a secret where we were going, and they are massive Coldplay fans. And they were wearing Coldplay shirts.
0: Inside, inside out. Inside out. I didn't even know till they like randomly <laughs> flipped it around in the car. I'm like, "What's? why are you both like undressing? And it was
1: when we were about five minutes away from the venue. <laughs> you know, they look at me. I'm like, do it. They turn their shirts around to Coldplay. And it finally hit you that we were going to a Coldplay show. Something that we had talked about for quite some time.
0: I have actually never been so close to the stage. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been close to the stage, like to see Shahrukh Khan.
1: Oh, <laughs> nice, nice! Like the Bollywood
0: concert. My doppelganger. I was, I was definitely—he's not your doppelganger. That's what I don't says. understand. Every Indian that.
1: person says, "I look like Shahrukh Khan." I
0: think they just don't know any other reference, so they just say that. I see. Honestly, like, mm. uh, there's zero similarity in your features. They He's just, also significantly tanner than there, you. There's,
1: there's an Italian, Austrian, English guy. Yeah, you look Indian.
0: <laughs> let's, just, <laughs> let's just tell you the most famous Indian.
1: Well, I'll take it, right?
0: <laughs> but like, no, and, and American concerts, I mean, oh, not American, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean, like non-Indian concert experiences. The only time I've been on the floor, the artist was there. They were frankly like work concert experiences, mm-hmm. so... It was very different than just being in shorts and a sure. tank top and just really enjoying it like in a casual fashion. Mm-hmm. I was like in worky clothes. So Absolutely. it's just different. Rihanna.
1: Oh, Rihanna was a great um, show. Beyonce. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, those are the only two. Mm-hmm.
1: What's funny about Coldplay is I am not a fan of their recorded music. I do not like I their know, music. I know, that's why I
0: didn't think you would take me to their concert. Because every time I play their music, you're like, this is so boring. I what loathe, are you playing?
1: I loathe their recorded music, it, to me, it's either contrived or overproduced or something, but it lacks the emotion not, and energy not, of their live performances. I think so, it's
0: them being a little generic, maybe, in their recording compared to their live performance. Mm-hmm. They put so much love I and agree. passion. And so
1: it turned me on to Coldplay was watching all the live performances on uh, Access TV or MTV Live, right? And seeing their performances live. I'm like, wow, this band really kills it. I'd love to see them live. Then we started watching many of those live performances on TV. And when it came time for your birthday, so I, I have, wanted to take you to that I event. have
0: every single one of their albums on like my devices mm-hmm. for years, like mm-hmm. from when I had the i is that the iPod? The little it was an iPod back in the day, yeah. I've like had all their albums and in their albums they would also have uh, many of their live performances mm-hmm. on there. And I agree with you, the live versions just had a different delivery than it has energy recorded. it's
1: real it has energy and an in, in example another another band so you have bob rock famous producer who produced one of the highest selling albums of all time which is metallica's black album it's you know up there with acd's um, back in black and everything of that nature and when he first heard the recorded albums for metallica and was meeting with the band he's like these albums do not capture who you are as a band live mm. because it's very thin sounding, just the production wasn't great, but you're this massive band live. And we've seen them together at Global yeah. Citizen. I've seen yeah. them previously. They are a massive sounding a band sound. live. They have a yeah. big sound, didn't capture it. So he produces you this know, massive I, sounding album. Can I just
0: album. say something about Metallica for a second? Sure. Never liked them growing up. Mm. I thought of them as like, cause I was an alternative rock. Sure listener Mm -hmm. and i found them to be just that extra too much Mm. like they're a little too much and you know
1: well they're thrash right it's a different uh, style of music uh, you know my
0: like imitation of bruce Mm -hmm. though they were like that like they like rough on my head and my ear and it's only recently i think i've i'm i'm hearing different versions Mm -hmm. of their music realize how melodic and well, beautiful most people their, don't, their music is. Most
1: people don't realize when they listen to thrash or heavy metal that there's quite a bit of melody and the songwriting could be quite brilliant. It's just the presentation yeah, that people like the, cannot like the relate to, right? It's a presentation. But take the Black Album, which was when they came out with that album, it was highly criticized because it wasn't like fast and everything like they're used to playing. Bob Rock really had to whip them into shape. There were many fights, taught them how to be better musicians and play for really how do we create the best song versus mm-hmm. the instrumentation and the album. Ended up being a huge success for I don't them. Like their 16 logo million, either. I think, copies. I
0: think their logo just deterred me. Oh, like,
1: really? Well, I think, it was I think James Tenfeld drew that logo himself. I mean, he's probably a teenager when he did it. It's just right? so rough looking. Well, it's supposed to be rough looking.
0: It was not made for me.
1: You know? It's, I'm not a
0: rough person. <laughs> you're, you're, like, s-
1: you're smooth around the edges. <laughs>
0: I'm very round around mm. the edges.
1: <laughs> Talking about Metallica, I was never a huge Metallica fan growing up. I was in a metal band back in high school that started You out, were in a metal I band? I was in a metal band. So the metal band started out as. Is it like Rush like? I'll tell you the history of this one band that changed names in sort of a different lineup over time. Is one of the things I found challenging was how do I. F- I always wanted to play with the best musicians I could find. And so a band that I had started out kind of classic rock. This is in high school. Started out classic rock. Then we moved to alternative rock. And then it moved into a heavy metal band. And it's because the evolution of that band was replacing members that were better than the previous members. And the best musicians I could find happened to be metalheads. And so we ended up being a metal band that had quite a bit of melody. We sounded like a 90s version of... Iron Maiden from the 80s and I was never a just huge, huge they were they're still a massive band
0: was I born yet
1: uh, you I don't know went, well you were just born like three days ago so I was, born, <laughs> I was
0: just born ten days well, prior to that
1: I'm not sure if you were born yet when, they're, when they had their first singer and then Bruce Dickinson came in but Bruce Dickinson is a pilot so he flies them on their so he'll play a concert and then he gets into his pilot gear, and then will fly their jumbo jet to with the band this to their catch next- Catch Me If You
0: Can, it's, but like the yeah, band version? But with the band, it's, the it's, it's, it's
1: really quite, quite cool. But they are a highly regarded band, great instrumentation. Mm. But a drummer, Lars Ulrich, I've never been a fan of Lars, and I think he's a very sloppy player. When you see him live, I remember seeing one of the shows afterwards, they had given out uh, live recordings to everyone that had attended, and there's just mistakes all over the place. It's very sloppy playing. But where I will give him credit is he has a distinctive sound and a distinctive style that when you hear Lars play, you just know it's Lars. So because of that, I have respect that he kind of Mm. defined as a singer has a tone that's unique to that singer, a guitar player has a tone. A drummer also has a distinctive style and feel that when you hear a particular drummer, you can hear and say, oh, that's X drummer. At least if you have a discerning ear, you know you can hear that. And with him, he has that. But I was never really a huge Metallica fan. But when the Black Album album came out, I was like, "This album really kills it." It was just a well done, well written album. So
0: you were converted.
1: I was converted.
0: I mean, hopefully, those who have tuned into this episode are now going to find ways to embrace music mm-hmm. and convert how it could be adapted yes. and applied to all the different ways that music can impact you as a person, the people around you, right? And
1: how it's interesting with music, how it can impact you, but also how making tweaks can impact the success or negatively impact success. And just one last story on music. With Metallica, that changed. They lost fans because people thought that they were a sellout, but they grew a larger audience. And then the older fans that they once had finally agreed to but this new sound. that's happened
0: to a lot of bands, like Foreigner, like all these bands That's that the band
1: I was going to say. Where Foreigner, what happened to them is all of a sudden they're this rock band. Then all of a sudden they came out with this ballad, I Want to Know What Love Is, right? I
0: Want to Know What Love Is, which is so awesome. Dun, dun, that dun, a great dun. song. I want you to show and me. And I want you to show me. So that
1: song, Overnight, killed their entire audience but they grew a whole new audience. But they were
0: also like 50 years old when that song. They might have. Lou Graham looked older. There was definitely like a receding hairline yeah. happening. A- absolutely. My mom was super into it, but like I was like, okay, the jam is kind of like yes.
1: cute and smooth. What they did is they alienated their audience that original, was with them, their the original audience, yeah, who and then all of a sudden who decided like we're not going to be part of this band's fan base anymore, then they grew this whole new fan base for one song and then they lost that entire fan base because the rest of their music wasn't like that one song and then unfortunately crashed their career. But it's not too dissimilar to growing audiences in a social world, right? Brands or, or individuals may try to pay for Audiences or pay for followers, right? And the problem is, unless you build it authentically and you do not have an authentic audience, that audience is just not going to engage, or they're just going to leave you instantly. And it just comes down to the best course in life. I think it's just to be purely authentic in who you are to yourself. In Metallica, that was an evolution in their creativity and their musicianship. Yeah. So they grew as musicians. Foreigner, I don't think it was necessarily growing. As an artist, it just happened to be a pop song, just like the band's Warrants. That was like part of the hair metal days. Nope. For Cherry Pie. She's my cherry pie. The label forced them to put that song out. Again, blew up as a hit, alienated audiences, and just killed their career. I love Yacht Rock, too.